0: Hello, listener. Quick programming note. Later in this episode, Sam and I discuss where the percentage of teams within five games of a playoff spot this season ranks historically, and we say that it ranks second behind 1994. After we recorded, the code for those calculations changed slightly, as did the results. And 2014, with 25 out of 30 teams within five games of a playoff spot, now stands alone in first place. 1994 now barely cracks the top 25 so we withdraw our comments about what a shame it was that we never got to see the end of that season good riddance 1994 it's a shame that that strike didn't come sooner the only other change was to the percentage of teams within five games of a playoff spot at this point last season which was actually 15 not 17. That's all you need to know, so please keep commuting, showering, pretending to work, or whatever you do while listening to Effectively Wild, and revel in the fact that you now know more than Sam and I did when we were recording. Or maybe you always know more than we do, in which case, thanks for humoring us. I hope you've enjoyed this first ever Effectively Wild pre episode corrections segment. Good morning and welcome to episode 470 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus, presented by the BaseballReference.com Play Index. I am Ben Lindbergh, joined as always by Sam Miller.
1: Ben, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) Great, especially because we just finished recording and for the second time in Effectively Wild history, I believe, realized that there was a problem in that there was no file. Uh, I won't I won't name any names of programs that we use to record this this podcast because it's freeware and it served us faithfully and well throughout the years. But for whatever reason, this one time, it let us down, something crashed while we were talking. Maybe it just got bored listening to us. For whatever reason, we lost the file. so we're we're talking again about the same thing. but, we're gonna we're gonna make it better this time. When, when, when life when life takes away your file, your podcast, you record a better podcast. So this so, will be this will be leaner and more efficient.
1: Does that mean so um so the Max Scherzer stuff? There's really there's no way to get into that, right? Like that just disappears, right? We can't. Well, we, we can't uh, we can't recreate the Max Scherzer <laughs> sidebar. Like well, you can. We can recreate the main spine of the podcast. Uh-huh. But the sidebars, the things that happen accidentally, mm. the uh, the callbacks, you mm-hmm. can't you can't recreate those. <laughs> so Ma- the Max are tangent. It just disappears, <laughs> right? We'll never go to it again. Well
0: uh, well maybe we'll have new tangents this time. But
1: but we can Maybe we'll but b- 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 but Yes. Wheelbarrows? All right. Well, we can't tantalize
0: people with these great nuggets from the last podcast. Does why, don't, why, don't exist, you, is, why don't you start out making the same point that you made last time? Because it's a it's a valid point about the, the Web Albers uh, eagerness, people jumping the gun on the Web Albers issue.
1: Yeah. Um, so Ben asked if there were any updates on the Web Albers uh, race. and
0: I didn't uh, actually. You, you just you just gave us one <laughs> i i checked before the podcast to see if there was an update because we haven't mentioned it for what a whole week and and no there hasn't been a game a game finished without a save by either of them so there that's why
1: right there hasn't but tonight tonight uh ryan webb came into a game and i want to say like the eighth inning like a three-run lead and and we and i got a tweet saying oh oh it. Yeah keep your eye on web you might get a save <laughs> and we get we get a lot of updates and and i can't tell you how happy i am that we get a lot of updates because uh, it's nice to see that this has captured your imagination it's nice to see that there's a popular uh... <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is not it. There are almost there are eight people who are like, yeah, it is, and then there's <laughs> like so many more who are like, shut up. Or <laughs> just is just it? Finished.
0: <laughs> if we get eight tweets about it, then we have to assume that there were eight hundred other people who that's, thought about tweeting at us, but just that's didn't. what they
1: used to tell us. Said, yeah. yeah. The newspaper they would tell you every letter <laughs> represented a thousand readers. Exactly. <laughs> so um, so so somebody pointed out that Ryan Webb was in a game. And we get this a lot. Pretty much any time Ryan Webb gets in a game, uh, we get notified, which is good. I'm, I'm happy that this happens because I like to think about this. I like to think about the race. I like to pay attention to it. But um, but these are always so premature. Uh, these are like, for instance, if a guy hit a uh, fly ball to left field in the first inning and in mid-flight you said he's, he's an eighth of the way to a four-home run game. Yeah. That's that's kind of what the Ryan Webb stuff is. We've already established that, yes, he comes into many baseball games. He just doesn't come into baseball games and then get the chance to get a save. So when he when he comes into the eighth, and it is technically a save situation, he is not going to pitch the ninth. That's what makes Ryan Webb notable. When he comes in in the sixth, he is not going to pitch four innings to finish because nobody does that. So thrilled with the notices i just want everybody to keep their expectations in check and uh, as a tangent upon the tangent like, i noted i'd like to think that
0: ryan webb gets excited every time too when he, when, like when he comes in in the top. six or seven this
1: is it there i like you. to think that every morning thing. i like to think that every morning ryan webb looks in the mirror and tells himself today's the day and he he says it out loud like in a movie where people say things out loud even though nobody's around yeah um uh, so then uh, the, the tangent upon the tangent was that we, we just – we talked ever so briefly about the fact that Web Albers is almost the same as wheelbarrow. And so we're going to call this the wheelbarrow race mm-hmm. because it is the Web Albers race, the wheelbarrow race. Yes. A thing that is real. <laughs> <laughs> An actual phrase. Yes. So not a thing that I just came up with. <laughs> a wheelbarrow race. Right. All right. And so – so yeah. then,
0: then we, we jumped off that, we made a smooth segue from that, as we always do, to the other thing we talked about, which was that that we've we've gotten other tweets and emails from people who have tried to, to build no, off the don't
1: try to don't try to recreate the Scherzer magic that's lost. Well, we we did
0: talk about the Scherzer Well, let's just let's just say what it was now that we've teased it. There was a there was another streak of something happening without something else happening. In this case, it was Max Scherzer making starts without finishing them. So in a way, kind of the opposite of the Ryan Webb, right? I mean, Scherzer could not finish a game. He could not do the thing that Ryan Webb does so often and so well in non-safe situations. And that streak finally was broken uh, Thursday when, when Scherzer pitched a complete game against the White Sox in a great pitcher's duel with Chris Sale, who was also excellent. Scherzer finished off the White Sox in 113 pitches, so that brought an end to that. But uh, Sam made a discovery that slightly marred that achievement.
1: I refuse to give opinions about Max Scherzer again. It turned not, out, turned out
0: that there had been a nine-inning Scherzer start in a tie game. So he had pitched nine innings, he just had not completed the game. So that marred in fact forever. Uh,
1: I tell all you, right. Right. Way, to, way to ruin a punchline. That, <laughs> okay. sounded, that sounded so unexciting. People are going to wonder why I, why I have nostalgic feelings mm. about the original Max Scherzer conversation mm. because you sucked all the romance out of it. It was
0: podcast gold the first time around. Okay, so the main topic for today is inspired by a Richard Justice tweet. Richard Justice, the MLB.com writer, tweeted something on Thursday morning about the fact that lots of teams are within a five-game margin of a playoff spot. So 25 of 30 Major League teams, as of Thursday morning, were within five games of a playoff berth. That's counting counting wildcard spots. And 20 of 30 were within three games of a wildcard berth. So this sounded uh, interesting, sounded unusual. I asked Rob McEwen at BP to run some numbers and, and try to check whether this was unprecedented, whether it wasn't as cool as it sounded. And he went back and looking through through our BP database, which goes back to 1950 for for certain things for this thing, um, he he looked at the the number of teams within three games, within five games, within every increment from zero to five games on the same date through each of those seasons, though, so, so through June 11th, Not necessarily the same number of games in each season because some seasons start earlier or later than others, but same date on those seasons. And he calculated the number of of teams within that that margin, within uh, that range of games from a playoff spot and also the average deficit. So just taking all the deficits of all the teams in those years and averaging them together. And what he found was that this is not quite unprecedented, but it's, it's notable. I would say the, the average deficit as of Thursday morning was 4.8 games. Uh, that was the third, third lowest average deficit on that date after 1994, which was 3.25 games, and 1997, which was three and a half games. And looking at the number of teams within five games of a playoff spot— We also looked at the percentage of teams within five games of a playoff spot because, of course, there are more teams now, so you wouldn't want to look at the raw team totals. The percentage of teams within five games of a playoff spot is the second highest it's ever been. So 1994 was the highest. As of June 11th on 1994, 86% of teams, 24 of 28, were within five games of a playoff spot. This year it was 25 out of 30, so that's 83.3%. And so the the takeaway, I suppose there is that a we were we were robbed of what probably would have been a pretty cool playoff race in 1994 as well as some some interesting individual seasons like Bagwell and, and Tony Gwynn, guys that it would have been nice to see how they would have finished that year if there hadn't been a strike. Also probably would have been a pretty interesting playoff race actually, even when that season ended even when the the strike started the the West division do you remember what the West division yeah looked no like I do uh, yeah
1: oh I totally remember it there was no team with a winning record and, and no team even close I think the yes, best yeah. team is on a 74 75 win pace
0: yeah the the Texas the Rangers were yeah. 52 and 62 456 yeah. winning percentage and that was the tops in the ALS the yeah. A's were a game back the Mariners were two games back uh, so
1: even wait 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 Mm-hmm. What about the
0: Angels? <laughs> the Angels were five and a half games back.
1: Good to know. So, do you uh, do you think that a team would have finished over five hundred in nineteen ninety four?
0: Probably not, right? I mean that. I mean that's through one hundred and fourteen games. So uh, a team would have had to to play pretty well to get over five hundred because they were not even. Close, so
1: right. A team would have basically had to go thirty and twenty to end the year, right? Which um, could have happened, but you know, against mostly division opponents, and we know mm-hmm. their division sucked.
0: <laughs> yes, um, yeah. So that would have, I mean, gosh, I would would that have been the the worst division winner of all time. That's oh yeah, no, certainly easily. Right. I mean, it's yeah, gotta yeah. be oh,
1: clearly nobody's made the playoffs with a losing record in yeah. any, even in any capacity. So yeah, it would have been the worst.
0: Division. So we were robbed of the chance of seeing that. There was
1: also, how old were you been? <laughs>
0: uh, seven.
1: Goodness gracious. <laughs>
0: um, and the, the White Sox in that year, the the central division also had a pretty good race going. The White Sox were a game ahead of the Indians, four games ahead of the Royals. So Good good races in 1994 that we never got to see the end of and so that was the that was the other year other than that 2014 is the the, the most the most parody we have seen through this point in a season at least in a sense uh, you you had a, an excellent response to to my initial spiel when we last ta- talked about this would you like to make the same response
1: uh, was that the, uh, response that this is the, uh, that, that this is only the second closest race mm-hmm. in 20 years, not 70 years or 60 years or whatever, right. because it's really completely unfair to compare yes. the pre wildcard seasons to the post wildcard seasons, because I believe I, I kept thinking about this after we recorded and cause I said something along these lines and I wasn't sure if it was true and I kept thinking about it and I still don't know. But I believe that by definition, you cannot possibly have a race, uh, that, that you cannot possibly have a situation where the, uh, the one league, gosh, <laughs> <laughs> I had time to practice this. I've said <laughs> these words before. <laughs> uh, the division race makes everything tighter. By you know, if you if you clump a bunch of teams together in a bunch of three division races, and then you uh, clump the same teams together with the same wins in a one division league, uh, I believe it's impossible for the one division league to not be um, le- uh, more less paritous. less less uh-huh. less peritus. It's a noun for almost parody. a word. Uh... Par- uh, the adjective for parity. parrot.
0: you look that up when we'll we'll get it right on the third attempt at this episode um so the the right so of course this is highly dependent on the playoff structure in a given year and the way that this was calculated it was that was factored in that was taken into account the the playoff format in each year so uh so if, if we were looking at 1950 we would we would calculate the, the average deficit and the number of teams within five games based on on the 1950 playoff format. And, of course, the, the 2014 playoff format encourages this sort of parity or this sort of uh, keeping, keeping hope alive later into the year. There are 10 playoff spots. A third of the teams make the playoffs. This is, of course, more, more teams than before. So it, it makes sense that there would be more teams closer to a playoff spot through this point in the season. So it's not uh, it's not necessarily it's not necessarily an outlier season under the current format. We haven't we've only seen one. Uh, you know we we haven't seen enough seasons like this to say that this is that this is incredibly strange under the, the dual wild card format. Although I would guess that it is unusual. I would guess that if if we were to to run a sim or something, or if we were to just wait a hundred years and, and watch uh, all the seasons, I would guess that, that this sort of parody through this point in the season would still be somewhat unusual. Just comparing it to last season through the same date with the same playoff format, the the average deficit then was 9.4 games. So a little over twice as large as it is now. There were 17 teams within five games instead of 25. So I would, I would guess that that would be closer to the the typical distribution under the, the current playoff format, but but it's hard to say.
1: Yeah, I uh, I remain uh, as I was an hour ago. I we should you know we've talked on this podcast before about how we both have that horrible affliction where uh, we can't tell a joke twice without prefacing it with. I was telling somebody earlier. <laughs> yes, even, even if it's even <laughs> if it's not, even if the person was not around, like right. that, it's intellectually dishonest. Uh-huh. So we, we should just do a quick preface. We've said all these words before. <laughs> not all of them. That that 1994 playoff risk that was totally new. That was the first new. time you said Jeff Bagwell today. Yes, uh-huh. that's true. I noted it. Uh, no, we've said all these words before, but I I remain. Um, I, I think that I, I feel both that this is uh, totally insignificant that this is um, a uh, you know a, a result of the playoffs system that it's nothing but math that if you had I mean you, the problem is you can't even compare it to 1956 and pretend they had those divisions because there were only like 18 teams and right. so you can't even mimic this but I just feel pretty confident that this is nothing particularly significant happening that is just what happens when you add two wild cards you know mm-hmm. when you add one wild card but then when you add two wild cards even more so um so i'm not initially impressed on the other hand i this is gonna this is the opposite i'm gonna say the opposite point <laughs> uh on the other hand we've talked about it's the uh, sign of
0: intelligence right that you can hold two conflicting ideas both. in your head at the same time
1: it's you're sign, arguing
0: it's yeah. two conflicting positions at the same time
1: yeah. So um, the uh, the other thing that we've talked about on this show is about how sort of the um, the the ability to to buy wins uh, has been diluted somewhat by various incentives that baseball has put in place that generally I think have made for a better game and, and that I that I generally you know more or less support. Um, but the the result is that uh, it's much harder to run away with a league by spending more money. And it's somewhat easier to uh, rise up from the cellar with less money. And so you have a, a, a real compression. And, and I, I, I think that probably 10 years ago, 20 years ago, for most of the wildcard era, in fact, you've had teams that essentially started uh, 20 games back uh, just by virtue of their payroll. There were outliers. There were teams like the A's. Uh, the moneyball era and there have always been you know a couple of teams uh, that have spent a lot of money and been garbage, like the orioles of the entire life that Ben has lived. Uh, <laughs> but uh, for the most part, um, you know payroll has been a large part of destiny. And um, now that that is mostly uh, mostly closed off, uh, not entirely, but, but but very largely closed off, you have a real compression of teams where, uh, the Pirates and the Royals and the Indians and the A's and all these teams that uh, have low payrolls the Rays in theory um, are not uh, you know are not really at risk of you know losing 107 games and the Yankees are not guaranteed winning 107 games so you have just this real tight pack of teams and I think that that's what Bud Seeley wants—that was his goal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that if you asked him to write his obituary or his legacy or his whatever, um, he would be pretty proud of that. And I, I don't think there's any reason for him not to be proud of that. That was mm-hmm. his goal. He pulled it off. There are unintended consequences that we're all aware of, uh, but you know, he more or less pulled it off. And so yeah. I, I think that there's also there is also something real to the uh, to the idea of parody in a sort of more. Uh, you know, global sense. I mean, mm-hmm. baseball over the next decade is probably going to be uh, to have a lot more parity. Yeah. Uh, by the way, parity is an adjective. Uh, is a real struggle. Uh, the internet <laughs> does not bring uh, any answers. And in fact, there is a question on Yahoo Answers that asks this very question, and there are no answers suggested. Which I too too highbrow a, a
0: question for Yahoo well, Answers. I
1: take as a challenge. I will be answering this question on Yahoo Answers <laughs> before I go to bed tonight
0: okay maybe you can enter it on this podcast um so the yeah so even if this is the new normal even if this is what we're going to see every year or many years or most years under this new format as long as we have this format i still think it's significant and it's it's it seems new because it is new right i mean even if uh, I, i've seen a lot of people mention this this year it wasn't just Richard Justice's tweet a lot of people have mentioned how how close the races are, how few teams are out of it as if that's a new thing and it it sort of is a new thing even if it's a, a product of this playoff format it's something that we have hardly ever seen before except for except for 1994 we have not seen a season that that had so few teams out of the race through this point and so that's uh that's I think worth noting and worth Celebrating probably if you if you like the idea of teams being in contention and no one being out of it through you know less than half of the season as as I do as I think most people do then great job well done baseball
1: yeah and if you think that um, that only good teams should make the playoffs and that the best <laughs> mm-hmm. teams should win the World Series then not as good I mean right. that's the as we just talked about yesterday or the day before maybe an hour ago I can't remember. Uh, that's the that's the that's the push pull basically. Do you want to do you want a league like the NBA, where um, the regular season becomes somewhat devalued? Baseball's not there yet, and so so far I think they've got a nice balance. I think that mm-hmm. the regular season generally has value. It's you know you see it somewhat in um, on the uh, on the opposite end of a spectrum. You see it where uh, the best teams get to kind of walk away with the division, but uh, the I don't know. I mean, the more that we live with it. Uh, so the more that we live with it the more that i'm just convinced that the two wild card system is just absolutely brilliant that it's just it's perfect it creates this wonderful wonderful incentive where you have more teams that are in play um and more teams that are you know able to start thinking about the um you know making the playoffs and what to do in july and that aren't giving up in july oh you know what we forgot to talk about we what? we we completely skipped the trade deadline <laughs> I, I'm getting to it. Anyway, I was talking to somebody today, <laughs> and we were we were actually debating whether the Astros should be considering trading at the at the deadline. I mean, mm. you have to really question their ability to maintain the pace that they've kept over the last month, and so that would argue strongly against. But they're only five games out of the playoffs. Like, why not? Like, if 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 the Phillies were five games out of the playoffs, <laughs> then you know that they'd be emptying that farm system. I don't think the Astros will, but I mean, it, at least you can sort of think about it, and so. Mm-hmm. That's a great thing. But the other thing is that it creates this, like, I mean, it is almost an effectively wild reader suggestion, the idea (laughs) that that you create this, like, sort of, um, uh, like, ephemeral postseason spot that gets everybody interested in the postseason but doesn't actually have as much value as the others, and then that way you don't uh, de-incentivize people from winning their division. And so you have a, a system where almost every team that is any good at all is playing games that matter, that truly mm-hmm. matter. They don't matter necessarily, like if you're 11 games up, um, you know, uh, from the second wild card spot. Well, you're not actually worried about missing the playoffs, but they still matter because you want to make the right kind of playoffs, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, almost every team that is any good at all is playing games that legitimately matter on September 1st, and that's pretty brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have to say, other than the, the now, the problem with that is that. Wow, I can't believe we're relitigating the two wild card playoff system uh, on June 11th or whatever of 2014, June 12th.
0: It's not um, even the first year of the, of the two wild card system. Yeah.
1: Uh, so, uh, yeah, I know. Uh, but of course, the flip side is that you introduce this thing that makes no sense uh, at all the one game playoff in baseball, which um, is. Pretty much antithetical to the entire concept of a baseball season,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and so it, it does really feel like they had to—they created this great system and then they had to patch it with something that doesn't quite match the the fabric. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I, I I like it more and more every. I, I think I like it more and more every week. So it's mm-hmm. great. All right. Should we and talk those, about those? Those wild
0: card games get big ratings. They're really fun, even if even if you kind of object to them on an intellectual level. Yeah. They are they are fun. So uh, so yeah. So we also mentioned. I mean, there are there are of course some teams that, while not out of it based on number of games out of a playoff spot, are practically perhaps out of it. At least if you look at if you look at baseball prospectus playoff odds, there are eight teams with uh, under ten percent chance of making the playoffs. Even though there are only five that are more than five games out, and. But there are also zero teams with zero playoff percentage, which is unusual because there are very often teams that are at a zero percentage in April, in May, at, at really depressingly early points of the season. So no one, no one is there yet. The, uh, the Cubs, as we record this, are the lowest at 1.1. So even they have, have a shot. So, uh, and yeah, so, th- so the interesting thing is that Although, in addition to the fact that there are not a lot of teams that are out of it right now, at least if you look at the standings, there aren't a lot of teams that seem like they're going to be way out of it next year. So right now, there's there's only one team, the Rays uh, of all teams, that are on pace to lose 100 games. And of course, they they might improve upon that pace unless they do decide to sell everyone, in which case they might not. But... We wondered whether there would be a team that next year that we'd go into next year thinking that this team will lose 100 games. And of course, if the Rays do decide to sell everyone, perhaps they are that team. Although, even 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 if they did that, they they have enough young productive players under team control that they would not be selling. That it seems like they wouldn't wouldn't be that bad. And there aren't really a lot of teams. That fit that description, because just looking at the the last place teams now Or the teams that are farthest out now None of them really seems like a... Most of them seem like safe bets to improve, or at least stand pat Like the the Twins are in last place, but they're playing pretty well They seem like a team that is on the rise The Astros, of course, seem like a team that is on the rise The Cubs seem like a team that is on the rise So the the two candidates that we identified, the Phillies... Uh, of course, we, we probably bash the Phillies too much on this podcast, but the Phillies seem like the best bet just in that they're not playing well now. They, they either would, would sell a bunch of people at this deadline if they continue to play poorly, in which case they will be worse, or, or if they hold on to everyone, then some of the older players they have would be worse. So you can imagine them possibly going into next year. Being a team that's you know projected to to lose a lot of games, and then the other one we discussed is the Diamondbacks, who, you could you could imagine, uh, they've been disappointing. Maybe, maybe the new regime or the semi new regime that they have will will decide to burn things down and start over again. Maybe they could be the team. And of course, it's possible that that the next team that finds itself in the position that the Astros were in a few years ago, where they've got a bunch of veterans and they look like they're heading downhill and they don't have a lot of young talent come up. If the Astros example is encouraging and now, now that they've started to win, you can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel where you can point to the Astros as the successful model franchise that we always say that the Rays or the Cardinals are. The next team that finds itself in a position where it might be advantageous to do what they did can then point to the Astros and say, look how well it worked for them. Now they're now they're a young team with lots of homegrown stars, and we just need to suffer through a few years like they did. So we could see that, assuming that the CBA doesn't, doesn't make the, the tanking that they did uh, disadvantageous. So the question then is, what is the effect on this year's trading deadline? Because, of course, the, the fewer teams that are out of it this year and the fewer teams that look like they'll be out of it next year, the fewer potential sellers there are. So maybe we will see a slow deadline. Maybe we won't see a lot of action over the next month and a half.
1: That's true. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, when we did this the first time and uh, you said we were talking about teams that might conceivably be considering themselves out of it next year, or if not today, that might think of themselves that way in a month or so. uh, And you said the Phillies, right as I was about to say the Phillies. And then I said the Diamondbacks right as you were about to say the Diamondbacks. Yeah. I I felt really close to you at that <laughs> time. And this this episode, there was none of that. You just <laughs> you just in enca- You know, you summarized, uh-huh. and and I kind of felt a little bit distant.
0: <laughs> well, if there if there are two teams that have taken more than their fair share of abuse from the sabermetric community over the last couple of years, it's probably yeah. probably those two teams. So so something to watch as we head into this deadline of you're already starting to, to hear it. I've seen the odd quote on MLB trade rumors from a GM saying that you know normally after the draft is over, teams start calling around and everyone starts to feel out who's a seller and who's a buyer and this year it seems like no one's talking about selling. so unless things change over the next month or so unless uh, unless things start to shake out and there's more separation in these teams, then maybe that's what we will see. And as you as you pointed out, there's there's some incentive for teams to deal earlier. We've seen teams deal early, guys who are not impending free agents but might have a year of team control left. And maybe we won't see so many of those deals because there are fewer teams that consider themselves out of it for 2015. Sure could happen. All right. I think this went better than the first attempt on the whole.
1: The tricky thing about these uh, second episodes is that I'm also an hour tireder. And (laughs) so there's always that. There's that wild card.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. But I think it went pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, hopefully that won't happen again. Mm
0: -hmm. If you're listening to this, then you then you know that we successfully recorded this podcast. Okay, so that is the end of this week's shows. Thank you for listening to them. Please support our sponsor, Baseball Reference. Go to baseballreference.com, subscribe to the Play Index using the coupon code BP to get the discounted price of $30 on a one-year subscription. Please start sending us emails for next week's Wednesday listener email show at podcast at baseballperspectus.com. Please rate and review and subscribe to the show on iTunes so that other people will know that it is safe to dip their toes into the effectively wild water. And please join the Facebook group at facebook.com groups Slash effectively wild. Close to fifteen hundred members now, busily talking about baseball. All day. I should I should join. You really should. It's a fun little community. And I always have to pass on comments that are addressed to you via instant message. So that would save me that trouble. All right. So that is the end for this week. Please have a wonderful weekend and rejoin us again for a new episode on Monday. Good morning and welcome. Uh, uh, is
1: <laughs> that, that a sniff? <laughs> Hi,
0: Ben. Hi. Uh, that, how are you? That was not the intro. Brought to you by the BaseballReference.com Play Index. I am Ben Lindberg. Ugh. I am Ben Lindberg.
1: Joined as always... <laughs> <laughs>